Welcome to MI6 Rogue Agents, our very first episode. Now that we don't have any rookies on the squad, this is Rogue Agents, brought to you by On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast and our fine Patreon sponsors. We're going rogue, people. We're all over the map. We're doing what we want, James Bond style. And on this episode, we are going to talk about and rank order the James Bond opening credits theme song. Notice how I phrase that. Opening credits theme songs. We're going to be very strict about the songs tonight. If it didn't play over the opening credits, it's not on the list. Does it affect a lot of movies? I'd say the biggest effect is probably from Russia with Love. Most people yeah. associate the Matt Monroe song with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I did. it wasn't over I the did. opening credits. But we'll get to that. We will talk about it. It's in our rank order. But you know what? We got to meet all of our full-blown no-rookie agents in the house. So I can do this in any order I want. So tonight, for the first time, we are going to welcome full agent... Pat Sampson, oh, a.k.a. Oh. Jake Cristados. And here's another curveball for you. Get ready, Pat. All right. Instead of telling us the most Bond-like thing you did, that's so last podcast. Tonight's theme is Bond music. So as you say hello and you're happy to be here and all that, I would like to know what artist or group you would like to see do a James Bond theme song. Ooh, that's a good question there. Mm, I call them the Bond Thought Provokers, and they'll be one at the beginning of every Rogue Agents episode. It can be any group. It's all good, man. You want Night Ranger to sing that song? Yeah, I want Night Ranger. I want Night Ranger. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go with Night Ranger. Go with Night Ranger? Yep. That'll work. And hey, congratulations, Agent Pat. One more time. I'm uh, proud to be an agent, Mm -hmm. and I had lots of fun getting here, so... I saw you at the promotion party that we had after we recorded Mm -hmm. the graduation episode. You and Gary Moneypenny, Countdown Jerry, seem to be having a good time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're scheming. Saw you leave with Mary Jane, too. (laughs) (laughs) Don't think we didn't notice. (laughs) It was Daryl Arden. Anyway. (laughs) Had a little too much to drink, but you know what happens. All right. Same question. Welcome to the show. Full agent, Delvin, the dark web, silver hands, pop, pop, piss, the hot thing. Feel like I left one out, William. Felix Leiter. Felix Leiter. <laughs> that's a related one. <laughs> you think it would? Yeah, anyway. Welcome back, Agent Williams, full Agent Williams. Same question. Any group or singer that you would just love to hear a Bob song from? Man, I've answered this before and I had a hard time, man, and I can't remember my answer from there. I wish that we could have gotten Linkin Park while Chester Bennington was still with us and he's That'd not. I think they would have put on a very interesting version of it. You know who I, who I would think? I would want the LBC crew to do a James Bond song. <laughs> Silver <laughs> hands. <laughs> so we I don't think the world We do right. a compilation of all the greatest hits and then... Mostly misses. <laughs> Let me introduce our fourth host. It is your friend and mine. Jason the Weasel Skull Albrecht. Jason, same question. You can stuff your orders. <laughs> Fire me up. Thank you for it. it. Just went rogue, I think. I did go rogue. Oh, I'm I was trying to do Timothy Dalton, but I keep going back to Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> for a second, I thought you were going with Douchebag Q there. <laughs> <laughs> well, if Douchebag Q would choose a song, he'd choose a song that's already been done, and he'd make it worse. <laughs> I'd make it more electronica. I've got a song called Diamonds Last Quite a While. (laughs) From Russia with adoration. 
gold digit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could do these all day. In all seriousness, in answer to your question, if I could do living or dead, it would of course be Freddie Mercury and the band uh, called Queen. They would. Oh, yes. oh, that would. Yes, good. That would be my penultimate choice. If it has to be living, and I mentioned this before, I really am getting into Jen Wigmore. She did that song "Man Like That." That was the Heineken commercial with Daniel Craig. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got some really good songs and a really interesting voice. I think she would do a pretty good job with a Bond song. So that would be my choice. Jen Wigmore. Okay. Let's play How Predictable is Jared. Delvin will fill in the blanks. Uh, living or dead, I would select Prince. Prince is correct. Living, I would probably go with Hollow Notes. Hollow Notes is also correct. Okay. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, this is how tonight is going to work. We are going to go from the bottom up, from number 24 all the way to number one for all the current Eon James Bond songs. We're not including No Time to Die because it's not out yet, and I haven't heard it. I'm still successfully avoiding it until I see it in the theaters. I haven't heard it at all either. Pat and I are staying strong. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with you people? I've listened to it many times. I've watched the video. I want that movie so bad. If they streamed it right now, just name your price. I'll pay it. I'll pay it. (laughs) Thank my money. So if you listen to our Rookie Agents graduation episode, we're going to do this the same way that we ranked the movies last episode or on the last episode of Rookie Agents. Here on Rogue Agents, we're going to go bottom up 24 to number one. Each one of us rank ordered the songs. So you get a point value attached to the song. Obviously, there's 24, right? So your number one song got 24 points. Your number two mm-hmm. song got 23 points, 22, 21, so on and so forth. Your last place song got one measly point. And then I added them all up, sorted by high score. And before you even ask, Agent Jason. You know what I'm going to ask. Were there any ties? That's what I was going to ask. There was, once again, literally one tie. and I how did many? This. How many non-ties? Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Yeah. Okay. And I just did what I did last time. I took whichever one was older and gave it the go ahead just because it's, you know, more traditional. And I think when we get there, I think we will all agree that if we were forced to pick which one would come first, it came out right. So get there. We'll talk about it. But I will definitely mention our ties. So nobody here on the recording, aside from myself, knows the order. I'm going to be revealing it as a surprise to everybody else on the team. And on the bottom up, we will start, once I reveal it, with Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Cristados. He will have the lead on a quick discussion. He'll just kind of give his quick thoughts and overalls on the song. Anybody else can chime in. Then we'll move on to the next song. Simple stuff. We'll find a way to screw it up, though. Here we go. (laughs) Coming in at number 24, Dead Last, Another Way to Die from Quantum of Solace. Wait, before I even have your thoughts, Pat, I'm put you on the spot. Who scored it the highest of all of us? Probably me. Mm, it was actually the Weasel Skull. Uh, did I score it higher? Jason awarded it five points. How dare you? Yeah, Delvin was at a three. I had some good parts in there that I mean, it did. It did. Oh. <laughs> I had it pretty low at two points. 
So twos, threes, and fives. Pat, overall thoughts? Unlike you guys, I have still not gone through a lot of these songs. Um, so do it on this <laughs> Was I supposed to listen to something? <laughs> trying to figure these out. I, I kind of went by my ranking was by what I ranked them on Rookie Agents. Oh, right. Where we scored them on a 1-7, so you kind of mm-hmm. had an idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. And be- here's a little trivia nugget for you guys that have been following along. What episode did we kind of start that in? Good question. We Ooh. hadn't started doing it by Goldfinger because I went and listened to Goldfinger. Yeah, it was a little bit later on. I'm going to say we started doing it with Live and Let Die. That was going to be my guess. Roger Moore era. Jason, care to take a... Well, that means I didn't get it right. <laughs> I thought we talked about it in Thunderball. But we didn't rate. I mean, we talked about it. We talked Yeah, about when did we rate the song? God dang. Jason's doing it like his money right now. You <laughs> didn't do this twice. I think we did it before we got together at for Live and Let Die. I think we did it before then. So I'll say you only live twice. I'm going to say around seven. Diamonds. Okay. But anyway. So I was close. I was close. Yeah. Uh, You know, this song, I rank this one 22 on my list. Mm -hmm. Gave it three points. Mm -hmm. I don't got much to say about this one. (laughs) (laughs) That's why it's 22 on his list. Yeah. You know, it's, it's harder to come up with things to talk about on the lead. Unfortunately, I haven't gone back to listen. To, I think I listened to just a little bit of it, and then I'm like, okay, I'm done. I think the theme for this movie is half-baked. Like, mm-hmm. I think the movie's half-baked, and I think this theme song's half-baked. Everything seems rushed. There were some good parts about the song that, that I enjoyed, but mm. seemed to be missing something. Well, I remember when we discussed it, we mentioned that the piano parts were good, and which mm-hmm. were... Alicia Key's specialty and Jack White on the guitar was good too with his distortion. That was cool. It seemed like they ran out of time on the song for whatever mm-hmm. reason to where they, it was just the end of it was kind of filler. Uh, so it did have some good parts. I planned Jared's role because Jared usually tries to find something positive to say here. There were some good parts in it. The song's a little bit catchy. It just kind of instrumental wise, it was yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Didn't yeah. stick to landing, but it is fun to play on Guitar Hero. I'll tell you that for nothing. I would love to do it. I have not done that yet. How many Bond songs made it onto Guitar Heroes? I think Does just anybody? the one. Live and Let Die. Live and Let Die was okay. on there. Was it? I'm forgot. pretty sure. Yeah, I think so. I'm prepared to believe you. Well, speaking of Live and Let Die, coming in at number twenty-three. No way. this show's over (laughs) i will reveal the number 23 song and then i'll let jason pontificate about it number 23 is writings on the wall from specter saved by Delvin the Dark Williams from being the last place song because I gave it one point, Jason gave it one point, Pat gave it two points and Delvin gave it 11 points to save it from the bottom row. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty good. You gotta crush your nuts to get those, man. (laughs) So you're not big on the soprano. I'm not. Yeah, the song seemed, I guess, fake. 
it just didn't feel right. And it felt like it was faking it. Like it was trying to be something that it wasn't. I think the parts that I really liked about it, and I think I mentioned this in the show when we did the episode about the movie, was I liked the instrumentals. I think the instrumentals pieces were pleasant to listen to, but I just did not like the vocals. I did not like the lyrics. It just, I couldn't even sing you the song right now. It's just my head filters it out. I think Delvin would like (laughs) to say something about the song. I agree with Jason Square Pig Round Hole, but Delvin was more taken with it than the rest of us. I could sing a decent amount of this song. For whatever reason, it seems entrenched and a lot of people said they do not like that song. Who am I to budge anyone from what they do and do not like? I happen to like it. I'm a sucker for ballads. I thought that he did a good job on it and cared enough to put his heart into it. But most people don't agree. Fair enough. Number 22. Delvin, you have the controls to discuss. Tomorrow never dies. that low. Mm, I will uh, reveal that the biggest hater on it is Jason. Gave it three points. <laughs> I like this. Let's tell who hates it the most. Um, but he, Jason gave it three points. Delvin gave it five points. Pat gave it four points. I was the biggest supporter of it with seven points. So they're all very ballpark. I think Tomorrow Never Dies. It's kind of catchy. It had the misfortune of falling Gladys Knight, then Tina Turner, one two. Bro. One, two. <laughs> yeah. You got your jab, you got your cross, and then you got like someone blowing into your eyeball. Like, oh, that's wildly inconvenient. <laughs> it didn't knock me out like the jab and the cross did. And for whatever reason, like I think Cheryl Crow is a pleasant enough singer, but she tried to soar for some notes that she just didn't reach. But overall, I did think the song was pleasant, just not super duper memorable. I think, I think that's, that's fair. fair. Yeah. That will take us into number 21. Number 21 is All Time High by Rita Coolidge from Octopussy. Who's the hater on that one? Who's the hater on that one, indeed? Delvin, the dark (laughs) raised his hand. It was his bottom rung song. He gave it one point. I only gave it three points. Jason gave it four points. Pat liked it at 12 points. It's an all-time high. (laughs) (laughs) Delvin didn't like the sax, man. I remember... (laughs) 
Jason and I had this album. We had a Rita Coolidge album that had this song on it. Probably the only was it Rita, Rita Coolidge or was it the Octopussy one? Was it Octopussy? We well, we owned a Rita Coolidge album, and I could swear the song was on there. You might be right. Okay, I know we owned one. Whether or not the song was on there is, you know, Jason and I like Rita Coolidge. We want to make something of it. <laughs> but again it's song from octopussy i i would have to agree with about where it fell on the charts for us i think it's just pretty much like the movies you know i don't think there's a bad song on the list except for sam smith's writing on the wall um (laughs) (laughs) no i wouldn't even go that far because like we said the orchestration on it's really good yep so So they open his mouth it's They all have their high points. (laughs) With that, I'll just take us into number 20, which will be Pat. Prepare yourself. Number 20 is Tom Jones singing Thunderball. Pat was the hater gonna hate on this no, one. Gonna hate on that. Bottom rung. He song. hates everything about Thunderball. We <laughs> learned that. He gave it one point. The rest of us were very close. I was high on it with ten. Jason nine. Delvin eight. Pat one. Yeah. Not even a four. You're a one. The only thing worse than that song is the underwater scene. <laughs> Man, it makes me sleepy. Or just a- uh, there he goes again. All right, so Pat, what is it about Thunderball that did not put? oxygen in your tank i like tom jones got some songs but this song just i don't think was for him Mm -hmm. okay you know i know it was you know at the time just maybe wasn't the right fit for tom jones all right anybody want to defend tom jones i liked the song when i was doing the list it just fell to that point because Mm -hmm. there were songs that i just liked better and I looked like at all time high. Hmm? All time high was a lot. No, that was not a song I liked. <laughs> <laughs> controversy. We haven't even gotten to the top. Well, we are in the top twenty. That's number twenty. Thunderball. Yeah, it's not, it, but I kind of feel bad for old Tom Jones because I mean the guy passed out on the last note. He put his. That all was a powerful note too. Yeah, he put his all into the song, and I mean, and he sung it in his inimitable style. It was. I kind of feel bad for. Him. I just didn't have any higher place to put Thunderball. I understand. I mean, I really do think that there's not a bad song on the list. So at some point, they just have to filter where they do, and I still like them all. Yeah, I kind of part. Yeah, I feel exactly like Delvin was saying. That's a good song, but there were better songs I liked more. <laughs> I, I may have to go through some more of these songs just to listen to them again. And, you know, uh, yeah, but how, many you times you heard, how many times have you listened to that song, Delvin, would you say? Decent amount, because once I found that James Bond song playlist on mm-hmm. Apple Music, I just I listened to it a decent amount because it's James Bond songs kind of became one of those like, you know, what? I, I'm kind of just in a mood. Let's listen to Bond songs. And okay. so I listened to it a decent amount. That's why he won the ultimate agent challenge mm-hmm. graduation, Pat. That right there, that dedication. Separations mm-hmm. in the preparation, mm-hmm. Pat. <laughs> um, yep, thanks. Uh, if you guys want to just rub that dagger into my back. <laughs> oh, we still love you, Pat. 
Thunderball was number 20, so let's get inside the top 20 to number 19. And it sure does feel early to get a Shirley Bassey song, but here we are. You sons of I already know which one it is. Which one? Moonraker. It is indeed Moonraker. love on this was Delvin with 13 points. The biggest hater on it was actually me at four points. I've never been a big Moonraker fan. I love Shirley Bassey. Don't get me wrong, but Moonraker's just, as we talked about, if you listen to the music show that I do with Alan Porter, it was very last minute. It was literally recorded, I think, six weeks before movie release. And it just got that way because John Barry bumped into the dame at lunch one day and was like, please, for the love of God, record a bomb song with me. Because the whole plan was just falling apart. Jason, you have the lead on talking about this song, though. Well, I think you said a lot of what popped into my head. I mean, Shirley Bassey did three really good James Bond songs. One, I'm sure, is going to be in the top of the charts somewhere. If it's below top five, I'll be really surprised. And then, of course, there's Diamonds, which was a, also a great song. And this one, which was kind of rushed, but I still really enjoy it. Kind fits in the Tom Jones category. A good song, but there were just better songs, two of which were by Shirley Bassey that are <laughs> ahead of it. So I don't have anything hateful to say about the song. It's just my least favorite of the three Basseys. I can't remember which James Bond file on Twitter told me I should listen to the disco Moonraker. And then when you guys did Six of the Best, yeah, we got the origin of that. And that's just brutal. <laughs> <laughs> But listening to the disco Moonraker, it it definitely was a little bit more beat up tempo. It made it more fun as opposed to just the dreamy type Mm -hmm. song that the original one was, which I still do like, but I like Shirley Bassey a lot too. So for me, when it came to writing the song, some songs I like better, but because it was the dame, I had to pay respect. And I wasn't going to let it drop too, too far. I think that's fair. And you make a great point about Disco Moonraker. It played over the end credits. We talked about this on the Six of the Best show, also on this network. It's just a wonderful way to leave the theater. It's so, like, upbeat. And And it's so Roger Moore, too. So Roger Moore. You just want to be in a good mood. I like that. Let's get into number 18, where Delvin will have the lead. It is You Only Live Twice by Nancy Sinatra. was not a fan gave it only two points pat gave it just seven jason liked it the most at 14 points and i was right there with you at about 12 points so a definite split between old agents and new agents on this one take it away though it just does nothing for me i don't dislike it but i hear it and if it's one of those that i'm passing by songs that i don't care as much for to get to songs that i like 
I'm going to skip over it every time. Nothing against Mrs. Sinatra. The song just did not do a lot for me. So I need one of the brothers, Albrecht, to give me something positive about the song. Number one, I like that whole soundtrack. Either that soundtrack or Majesties is probably my favorite of the Bonds. You know, whenever we do the music and try to, you get like a piece of the orchestra and you got to try to figure out what movie it comes from for whatever reason. If it came from You Only Live Twice, <laughs> I, I recognize it. And that song, like just the opening notes for that song, they grab me right away. And the lyrics are just so beautiful. It just kind of sweeps me away. And I mean, maybe it's just different taste, Delvin. I'm sure that's probably what it is. Oh. But it made a very big mark on me when I was a little kid. Like, I remembered the lyrics to that song when I was a kid watching it for the first time. And it's just mm-hmm. always stuck with me into adulthood. I would say that the very the 1960s version of bum, 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 bum. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just that—that's yeah. how I yeah, see it. Yeah, that song hooks me. Just yeah, that little you hear it, you're like, boom, you're in on Bond. It's like you got a real strong Bond sound. It's Barry, one of his best, like you said, Jason. But uh, I saw you give me an evil eye. I am by no means saying the song is in league with <laughs> Tina Turner's Golden Eye. I'm just saying I'm not either. And I mean, my score hook. will reflect that too. Yes, that little musical hook. Okay, here's what I'm trying to say. I think it's one of those things where you could take someone who's not a super bondophile and just play that and they'd go, "Eh, it's a bond song. Yeah. There you go. There's several other songs. I don't think you could. I think if you played all time high randomly for someone, they'd be like, I don't know, early eighties pop song. Yeah. Lounge song. I don't know. (laughs) That opening is when I think of that song is what I think of. And then that takes me to what that movie was kind of about the country that it was in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, that's Japan. Yes. Yep. That right away. I'm like, Oh, I know that takes me right to Japan. Then it did its job. Exactly. And Tom Barry is very good at that. Lynn, let's get to number 17. I have the lead on this one. Let's talk about Lulu. It's not too sir with love. It's the man with the golden gun. song was very evenly scored by all of us. I had it at 11 points, and Pat had it at 11 points. Jason had it at just 8 points, not too far. And Delvin, you were the boat anchor, but still 6 points. So 6, 8, 11, we are all in the same neighborhood. Yeah. So Man with the Golden Gun, I love the staccato opening. Kind of like we were just talking about, sort of that Mm -hmm. intro that grabs you and you immediately remember. I think the song is quite the earworm. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it'll stay with you for a few days when you bop with it. But then it, at the end of the day, it's good, but it's a middle of the Packer James Bond song. And that's kind of my overall thoughts. Anybody else chiming in? I'm pretty much with you. It's a catchy song. I remember seeing comments from somewhere. Uh, and Helica, Fetty Wolf, one of the listeners to the show, she was disappointed that we had not really heard of Lulu. And I'm like, yeah, I still haven't. I couldn't tell you another song that Lulu ever came out with. But she was popular mm-hmm. at the time, which is why she got pegged for the song. 
But yeah, it's a nice song. I got nothing against it, and it is it is catchy. And back to Pat's point too, it brings in the gong, like bwaj, and it's got an Asian sound, and we're back in Asia again. Kudos, Barry. Mm-hmm. He always yeah, think, yeah. finds a way. Okay, well, let's get to number sixteen. Sixteen and fifteen are our ties. Oh, okay. So keep that in mind as we get into 16, and I turn the reins over to one Pat's DJ Cristado. So tell us a little bit about Madonna and Die Another Day. song pat gave this song 18 points cool i get it though because he's a dj and this was during the time of his dj and he's played this song and people have been amped for it i get like some material girl delvin gave it 10 points jason and i both scored it six points we weren't as big on it as the others another noticeable divide from old agents versus new pat take it away so uh, you guys weren't you know hanging out in the clubs or anything like that obviously no you know we were losers man i was at the bottoms up club you were sitting at home (laughs) <laughs> wasn't what I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> we were sitting at home. Yeah, tell us about that, the DJ scene and all that. I'm assuming that's what influenced you to rank it so Yeah, high. yeah. So, I, you know, this is one of, the, one of the songs that I would hear or have to play a lot when it was coming out. A lot of the ladies liked this song. Good dance song to dance to, definitely. I wouldn't argue that. But now if I want to get kind of my Sigmund Freud on this one. I need to analyze <laughs> this. And, and I want to analyze this, yes. Analyze this. <laughs> Why is that lyric in the song? <laughs> I don't understand. Let's just throw it out there. Let's. The this needs point. to be discussed. Yes. I was re-listening to the song, and that the opening words and stuff—it's sort of talking about the interrogation that's going on, and I guess she was like in a very ham-handed way was trying to use like you know psychology terms to say that he has to stay mentally strong. Mm-hmm. I- I'm tap dancing on tonight. <laughs> good dance talk, though. <laughs> Thank goodness I got a good beat from dying of the day. So, but that was my best guess, listening to the lyrics of that first verse is where she was going with that. Man, I wrestled with this song. Like, when we rated it, the reason why it slipped was because it didn't fit with what was going on. And, and that was one of the main things that I said. But the song by itself, it's yeah. fun. It is. Oh, yeah. It makes you want to move. And that was one of the reasons that I couldn't rate it too low because I didn't think it was a fun song. I think a lot of our listeners would be surprised to see that it made it all the way to number 16. I think this is at the bottom of a lot of Bond mm-hmm. fans' lists. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're, we're take a fresh and objective look here. But, Pat, you sounded like you had a, a oh, fun I was time. just going to continue to say that it's definitely a song that, you know, if I played this now at a club, people would dance to it. True. Yeah. I think it's that separation of people that they may not even know it was from a movie anymore. Right. You know? It's just yeah. a song that stands well on its own for a dance. Yeah, I got you. Mm-hmm. I got you. I dance to it. It's very similar to the Lulu song we just discussed. I mean, it's yeah. it's got energy. It's kind of an earworm. 
with that, we will take it to number 15, and Jason will talk about the second appearance of the Dame Shirley Bassey. Oh, I'm just running the gauntlet with the Dame songs tonight, aren't I? <laughs> it is time to talk about Diamonds Are Forever. Diamonds are forever They are all I need to please me They can stimulate and tease me They won't leave in the night I've no fear that they might desert me Diamonds are forever I think we could all agree, putting Diamonds Are Forever and Die Another Day together, Diamonds Are Forever deserves to go ahead on the tie, because it's Shirley Bassey. Is anyone going to disagree with this? No. Oh, no. Shirley Bassey, Madonna. Shirley Bassey, Madonna. <laughs> I mean, Madonna's got a catalog of hits, no doubt, but mm-hmm. it's Shirley Bassey. I guess that's true. Yeah, but it's Shirley Bassey. So anyway, officially on our list, number 15 is Diamonds Are Forever. Delvin gave it the highest score because he's madly in love with Shirley Bassey. And there's nothing wrong with that. 19 points. Jason gave it 11 points, where Pat and I both only gave it five points. Not one of my catchier ones. It's very in league with Moonraker for me. I like them. They're just no, whatever the third Shirley Bassey song is, it's going to be much higher on the list. Let's see. What could it be? I, I will get to it. <laughs> So Diamonds Are Forever, Shirley Bassey, similar to what I said about Nancy Sinatra and You Only Live Twice, you've got that hook, those little keyboard tones that bring you in to the Diamonds Are Forever. Great lyrics, sung to perfection. It's lower down for me because it's associated with like a lower ranking movie for me. Sometimes I think they get tied to the movies, don't they? Yeah, I think I think it yeah. gets tied to the movie a little bit. But it's one of those songs that I like a little more every time I listen to it. It's well sung. Mm-hmm. It's got great lyrics and great composition behind it. And I'll just I mean, end it there. If Kanye West was going to take any Bond song and turn it to a hip hop beat, it would probably be this one. It probably would be, yeah. 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 I can see that. I can hear that. You know, I think you bring up a good point there, Jared, that if a song, does it tie to the movie? Does it remind you of that movie? And to make it even better, does it then stand out on its own then too? You know, as as Uh you start to rank these and think about a song, yeah, it ties to the movie. I know what movie they're talking about, but it can go above and beyond that movie Mm -hmm. um, to stand out on its own, or it could really be the opposite and bring that down a notch. So I think there's three ways of looking at a song. I think you're going to see that a lot, especially when we get into our top 10. Mm -hmm. Looking at our top 10 songs and thinking about what you're saying, I look at these top 10 songs and I go, yes, they're very identified with the movie, and yes, they are very strong standalone songs. I think it's really hard to divorce yourself from the movie. It sets the table for the whole film. And Delvin brought it up when we were talking about Never Say Never Again. A James Bond movie is the whole package. Hmm. So sometimes try as I might to separate the song and just rate the song individually. The movie always kind of creeps in there. It creeps in there. Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys done a six of the best of diamonds? Yeah. Well, not a six of the best. It was the last episode of Raymond Benson was on. Maybe it was from that show that I remember hearing who did the music. Was it John Barry? Yes. Who came up with a musical way of how diamonds sound and that's the beginning of the song and that is something that is forever 
etched in Bond lore and just music lore that he found a way to musically depict how diamonds sound. And then like when Shirley Bassey's voice comes in, to me, that's, it's an all-timer because of those two things alone. It's just really, really good. Yeah, and again, it's kind of how it ties into the movie because as I think about the film, every time you see the diamonds, like the diamonds in the chandelier, for example, you hear those notes. They play those notes in the film and that ties you right back into the music. Definitely. Well, that's going to get us into number 14 and Delvin will have the stick to talk about James Bond is back slash from Russia with Love. This is the oddball because this plays over the opening credits. And to be frank with you, I think it's a very good song, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But this is James Bond is back from Russia with Love from the opening credits. at the scores delvin not a big fan of this sort of john Barry instrumental gave it four points jason gave it 12 points pat and i both gave it 15 points pat and i are both big yeah you know that's that's adventure man but hey john Barry might not speak to everybody and delvin what do you got man i haven't gotten a song that i can just gush over yet bad luck of the draw here I just didn't know where to put it. I initially thought when I was going to rank these songs, I thought there were only going to be two versions of the James Bond theme. And that was on Her Majesty's Secret Service and the original James Bond theme. I was going to have those at the middle and the songs that I liked more than that, I was going to have above it and the songs I didn't, I was going to have below it. And then when you threw the third song in there, which was from Russia with Love, James Bond theme, I'm like, oh, geez, well, that kind of throws my whole rating thing out of the window. Mm-hmm. So I just didn't know where to put it. I, I didn't dislike it, but I know where I put the James Bond thing. I'm not a fan of, it's going to sound harsh. I don't mean it as harshly as this, but I'm not a fan of retreads. So you're playing just the From Rush Will Love background and you're superimposing James Bond on top of it. And I was just like, eh. yeah, I, I didn't have enough of a love for it to put it above any of the songs that I liked more than that. Fair enough. I really liked it. <laughs> Fair enough. Also wrong. <laughs> Every, everything you said was wrong. And this was kind of a curveball song because I think a lot of us went in with the assumption that we'd be doing the Matt Monroe song. But mm-hmm. as we were talking about it, we were like, these are the ones that played over the opening credits. I mean, it's funny how people associate the Matt Monroe song with From Rush With Love. When you could easily associate, you know, if there was a man by the pretenders for the living daylights or the Patty if LaBelle. Ask, if you ask me, yeah, Jesse, yeah. Patty LaBelle's if you ask me to with license to kill matt monroe's song is actually in that league katie lang from Mm -hmm. tomorrow never dies Mm -hmm. Uh those are actually all in the same league and we could definitely do a show about those later we could maybe follow up song uh, a little disco moonraker and we could play (laughs) that game that could be a lot of fun so we had to be completely fair and, and stick with what came over the opening credits and in this case it's james bond is back I love that staccato opening. That staccato (laughs) opening is gangster, man. It gets you. It does. It gets your blood going. You're like, James Bond's back in action, man. I'm ready for this. (laughs) 
Well, that will do it for number 14. How appropriate. Number 13 is just total garbage. Wah, wah. Yeah. It's the world is not And I say how appropriate because this one has a pretty big spread. I very much adore this song and I gave it 19 points. Jason gave it two. (laughs) And then Delvin comes back right there at 18 points. And then Pat gave it nine. So definitely a roller coaster of feelings on this one. Very split. So, like I said, this one's for me. I love it. I love everything about it. I love the orchestration behind it. I love the vocals. I like to sing along with it. I just love this song. So I will pitch it to Jason. Talk to me about what it is that kind of drags it down for you. I think it just kind of falls in that category of artists that I never really cared for. Like, I tried to get into some of those 90s bands like Garbage. For whatever reason, the music just doesn't grab me. I'm not saying that they're not talented. I'm just saying, maybe I was just too old <laughs> at that point in time and <laughs> I really appreciate it. It passed me by. I don't flip through it. None of these songs I, I'll fast forward through if I'm listening to them randomly on my iPod. All right, iPod, see again. <laughs> Show my age. Yourself. Show Good. my age. My iPhone. <laughs> I'm hip. I'm, I'm a cool. cassette player. I'm digging with it. I record it. At any rate, I don't want to talk bad about the song because I know a lot of people like it. It just doesn't speak to me. That's all I can say. Music man, subjective. Mm-hmm. I like the song. I think it's very pleasant. Just like I mentioned when we covered the movie, that song was as best as it could possibly have been done. And that made me enjoy it a whole heck of a lot. I agree with Jason with the artist. You know, I like garbage. I like the smell of garbage in the morning. Wait. (laughs) Anyway, I like garbage. So that did do a bump up for me. Okay. You were just already a fan of the band and Jason never was on board. Yeah. I can understand Jason's point. Okay. He wasn't in that grungy kind of that sound and maybe you weren't listening to it. I was at the time. So I bought one of the albums. I tried. I tried this to do a few times, just never, never stuck with me. That's I true. really like. I'm only happy when it rains. It's a very. I did kind of like that one. I was, <laughs> yeah. That was that, that was your hit. Yeah, that was yeah. A hit. Just I think that's how I first heard of them because they played that on an X Files episode. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's a good song. And then I got the album, and I was like, eh, I really, really like that song. <laughs> <laughs> I see. You know, and sometimes you do have like I've bought so many. Being a DJ at the time, I've bought so many CDs that you buy it and you're like, oh, well, I like you know this is the top song, and then the rest of the album's like. <laughs> but then there's sometimes when you buy an album for one song, and then just the the rest of the song is phenomenal, and there's better songs on that than the one that got the hit too and yeah it's always a fun surprise yep that's how hold on what what was that 12 cds for a (laughs) dollar that's how they made their living 
Like, oh, I like that song. Oh, I'll buy it. It's so cheap. Yeah. Don't see these. Who could pass it up? Just as a quick aside, I've been watching the TV series Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, and the lead singer of Garbage actually has a pretty large part in that television series. Really? Interesting. Which I just recently discovered because her name is something Manson. Surely. Shirley Manson. I recently discovered that because we did our episode on The World's Not Enough. Delvin mentioned Shirley Manson, and I was like, her name's in the credits of that Terminator show I've been watching. (laughs) (laughs) So it was Delvin that led me to put those two things together and realize that the lead singer of Garbage is actually a pretty good actress. The mysteries we solve on this show. I tell you what, that was apropos of nothing, so let me get us to the... (laughs) Halfway point. Song ranked number 12. Pat, you will have the lead to talk a little bit about AHA and the Mm. Living Daylights. about this era of James Bond. I love Timothy Dalton. I think that seeped into it. I gave this song 16 points. Jason gave it 10. Delva gave it 9. Pat gave it 14. So we're not all too spread out on this one. Pat, aha! All right, is anybody ready to take on me? <laughs> in, a, in a day or two. <laughs> you know, this is a band when you hear this song brings you back to the other song too uh, of course take on me but i can definitely see where the influence was in this song with the it's a good song i think you could definitely tell that they knew they had that mega hit with duran duran and they were looking for that next 80s band mega hit yeah in the next movie yeah i I could see that influence definitely i ran out of room i would have rated it higher i enjoy the heck out of the song I love the whole album. Just wait till we get there on Six of the Best. It's going to be like a three-hour episode where Jared goes into detail on every track. <laughs> Alan's going to walk off the show about two hours into it. I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> Again, that's another one that has an intro that grabs you right away. That Yeah, a good point. I think it's very, very late 80s. And I think it means a little something special to me and maybe to Jason, too, because we just moved to Germany when it came out. And AHA was big Mm -hmm. (laughs) in Europe. So it got a lot of play and a lot of attention. So we probably had it more in our everyday pop culture life than it did in America. Probably. That's also one of the ones because we were moving. We missed it at the theaters. I don't like to talk about it. But we made the hell up for it on VHS. <laughs> <laughs> Watch it over and over. Yeah. Would you like to declare something? Just a cello. <laughs> All right, let's get into number 11. I think Jason's going to be very happy because he has the lead on this one. What is it? Scored it very high. Number 11 is indeed Carly Simon singing Nobody Does It Better from The Spy Who Loved Me. Sad for the rest 
Yes, Jason killed it with 21 points. He's definitely the high man. And then Pat had it at 16 points. I had it at 13 points. And Delvin, the boat anchor, Williams, had it at 7 <laughs> points. <laughs> <laughs> Boaty McBoatface over there. Yeah, he's yeah. Kidding. He doesn't he's even know what a boat is. <laughs> Frankly, I'm surprised that Pat actually scored it better than me. I thought this was going to be one of those songs that was going to definitely score higher amongst the older agents and lower amongst the younger agents. But Pat and I were pretty close. That's another good song. It's a classic. It is a classic. That's for sure. It's a song that goes above and beyond the film because you hear this played at weddings or, you know, sometimes funerals or, or memorandums of stuff like, you know, things like that. So I think that's what makes this song stand out. Pat hit the nail on the head. This is one of those that I think if I'm going to be brutally honest I mean, it's probably should score a little bit lower than where I put it, but just because it encapsulates Bond so well. And then, you know, with Roger Moore's passing and then playing this tribute, that's hit me in the feels and it's given me the Delvin bump up. Mm-hmm. And, and so now I think I'm just going to forever associate this with Roger Moore and all the great entertainment he gave us over the years as James Bond. So there's a lot of sentimentality attached to my score here is what I'm trying to say. I don't think there's a dang thing wrong with that. Not at all. Well, folks, it's time to get into the top 10. Before we do that, we're going to hand it over to our Honor Majesty Secret Podcast Network founder, Van Allen Plexico, to let us know who our favorite people on the planet are, our patrons who help keep the lights on in the palatial White Rocket Studios. Uh-huh. White Rocket Entertainment. And we have to pause here for just a second. We have to thank the folks who keep our programs on the air across our entire White Rocket Entertainment Network. For as little as a dollar a month, you can join their ranks. Just go to www.plexico.net, P-L-E-X-I-C-O.net. You will find their links to everything that the White Rocket Entertainment Network does, from books and comic books to podcasts about James Bond, about sports, and all the entertainment shows that we do here on the White Rocket Podcast and all the other things that I'm involved in. And you also will find a great big link that goes to the Patreon page, and you can join it, and there are a number of benefits you get for being a member. But mainly, you know that you're keeping our show going and keeping all of our shows on the network going for the foreseeable future. So for as little as a dollar a month, that we certainly appreciate more, you can be part of the White Rocket family and know that all of us here, and I especially appreciate you very much, our current Supporters include Matthew Flowers, Carl Von Drunker, Samuel Salvatore, and Christopher Burleson, along with Phil Amthor, Ben Spooner, William Glenn Matthews, Gary Grant, Wynn Carroll, Brian Gray, Winston Boddy, Willie Carden, Tom Anderson, Susan Trawick, Logan Chilton, Stephen Thompson, Chris Usher, Steve Trawick, and Richard Stevens. We also have Clinton and Christopher Stewart, Mickey B., William Morgan, Phil Davis, Joshua Corbett, John Otsuki, Preston Settle, Daniel Odom, A.U. Falling Up, Alchemist Kevin Smith, Clarence Alford, Will Summerford, David Hegler, Johnny Caldwell, Theodore Gary, Reynolds Wolf, Joel Beckham, Valiant Hermes, Jacob and Robin Fleming, Clay Henson, Ann Kangian, Catherine England, George Gaston, John McCune, David Evers, Timothy, Steve Harlan, Dan Thompson, Wes Atkinson, Rich Reimer, 
Hugh Anderson, Blake Heron, Steve Houston, Cato the Barner, Danny Flack, Papa Todd, Russell Milling, Kevin Canoy, Don Ziederman, Ross, Lane Middleton, Shannon Butson, Randall Walker, Shane Bailey, Mick Vigicana, Chris Thrash, Tony Perry, Alex Wynn, Josh Teal, David Simpson, Earl Ricks, Mike Finley, and C.T. Wayne. And finally, we have Jeremy Minton, Wardam Wade, Spanky, J.W. Rice, Jason Albrick, Russell Souther, Paul Bankson, Joseph Iliff, Justin Bean, Kevin Mahan, Stephen Wyatt, Trevor Johnson, Auburn Elvis, Robert Drain, Brandon Smith, Royce Alvarez, Thomas Brinson, David Smiley, Matthew Wagstaff, Donnie Reynolds, Wade Carson, Ivor Evans, John Zavachin, Michael Morton, Lawrence Kane, Darren Pyle. We're almost to the end, but we appreciate all you guys. Chris Camo, Ben Amos, Ruth and Darren Sutherland, Patrick Williams, Rob Morgan, Stephen Schuster, James Taylor, John Stubbs, Kenneth Brent Rains, Nicholas Craig, Joseph Miller, Mark Squire, Chris, Brent Rumble, plus our great Surfer Chickify and our anonymous and occasional and one-time donors. We appreciate all of you so much. Just go to www.plexico.net to sign up. All right. Now that we've got our patrons thanked, let's get to the top 10. I mean, if you're in the top 10, strut your stuff, Bond songs. Mm-hmm. Cock of the walk. Cock of the walk. Cock, Cock of the walk, walk, baby. Cock of the walk. <laughs> Delvin, you have the lead on this one. Number 10 is John Barry, just rocking it at his finest. The instrumental on Her Majesty's Secret Service. scored this 21 points i love it jason's at 15 delvin's at 12 pat's at 10 a little bit of a near slide off as we go but you know we all like it it made it to number 10 talk to me about the instrumental delvin yeah it certainly is a fun song and a good reinvention of the bond theme i I want you guys to say more about it since i was middle of the road in it that's about all i have so i want you two to speak up I will take you, this ball. You, this is all you. You, just, <laughs> you, you scored it nice. Take it away. I love this song. I love this album. I love it all. You hit it, Delvin. It's that alternate Bond theme. It's not the Bond theme. It's not even the 007 theme that Barry is awesome on. I mean, I wish that would be on our list somewhere, but it was never actually a title song. It's in league with those, though. To the tune of when I eventually did see the trailer for Spectre and they wove that in. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, yes. Bum, 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 bum. I was like, <laughs> and they broke my heart with Savannah Sam Smith. Yes. <laughs> I was like, what? I think it's great. High energy. It just screams James Bond. And if you think about it, you know, Barry had a big hand in doing the original theme. It's credited to Monty Norman, but Barry had a hand in bringing it to life. Then he does the 007 theme and you're like, wow, that's every bit as 007 as an instrumental could be. And then he does it a third time with this one. And it's just like, what are you crazy? And oh, by the way, 
mix in the other one from from Russia with Love. The man just had an ear for this series. I got carried away. What are we talking about? <laughs> just two things to add. There's two pieces in that song that, to me, really stick to the theme of the movie. The part that goes dun 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 dun. It really kind of gets a sense of foreboding, like time running out. Mm-hmm. They and, use clocks in the titles, and then you have the part that's like bum bum bum. Bum, bum, bum. And that gives you a sense of scale, the scope, the epic that you're about to watch. And I think both of those things just really grab me every time I hear it. Perfect. Pat, I gave it 10 points. <laughs> Put Madonna over John Barry. How dare you, sir? <laughs> License revoked. <laughs> I'm going to give you five seconds to explain yourself. Go. That's enough. That's enough. <laughs> We'll let you slide. We won't put you on the spot anymore. Just he's at Cristados01 on Twitter. I say again, he's at Cristados01. I'm looking for a few good people to mute. (laughs) Step up. He's already muted me, so. (laughs) All right, let's get to number nine. Number nine, very popular song is Adele singing Skyfall. scores on this one. I loved it the most at 17. Jason and Delvin both had it at 16. Pat had it at 13. 17, 16, 16, 13. We're all in the same ballpark. Uh, What else can you say? This is Adele just nailing a song that had mass appeal. She was at the height of her popularity. I mean, Mm -hmm. still fairly early in her career. She could get more popular, (laughs) but she's definitely hitting her stride. Everybody knows her name. She's got a killer album out. The movie makes a billion dollars. Everybody sees it. Everybody hears it. Everybody likes it. I agree with what Delvin said on our original recording. I kind of wish there was a moment where she really went for it. She it seemed like she held back just a little. I think if she'd really went for it, this could have been a top three. Oh, yeah. The only thing that I'm disappointed about was I couldn't score it higher. I mean, it is the perfect choice for the perfect film and it's a great song Mm -hmm. and it could have been a hall of fame song if she would have just gone for it just a little bit i'm talking just a step short of all time listening to it for the original recording i was just like i do like it it's so pretty it's so lovely it was just something just some small thing that was just missing from making it an all-time it's still great it is a great song the way that she could have made that next level, you want to rise above all the rest of the songs. So if you put all these songs into a pit, after a while, all these songs kind of go after each other and they start to they get hungry, you know? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I see where you're going with this. No, I want you and to finish this metaphor. I want to so, so, so all these songs go after each All these Bond songs go after each other. And, and they get hungry after a while. Eventually, they start to kind of gnaw away on each other. But what do you then, do with the rice? Yeah. 
and then eventually <laughs> you're only going to have a few left, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, Skyfall is going to rise up there. She's going to get it to the no top. no longer eats coconut is what you're saying. Nope. Yeah. It only eats rat. Mm-hmm. Or other bonds. Other, other bonds. Other bonds. <laughs> He's coming Scott, around yeah. the last leg of the track. He's bringing the joke home. <laughs> Did you plan that bit before we started recording? I just thought of it. <laughs> that was good. That was good. I, was, I was entertained. I'll give you that. I was. <laughs> well, let's get to number eight. Prepare yourself, DJ Cristados. You will be talking about Chris Cornell. The song called You Know My Name from Casino Royale. You know what? It's funny that I am the boat anchor on this one. I'm not going to lie. I gave it nine points. But I feel like if we did this again in 10 years, it's going to go up. I swear, the more I hear it, the more I like it. It just climbs. Initially, I was like, whatever. It's every grungy pop song I've heard. But then I like it more and more every time. So I had it nine points. Jason had it 17. Delvin and Pat both scored at 20 points. Big, big fans. Jason's right there at 17. Again, I was the boat anchor, but man, I am really warming up to this one. But talk to me about it, DJ Cristados. I'm a grungy kind of guy. I like some grunge music. Hearing that voice. Yep, I know that voice. Hearing that style of music. Just a great song to jam out to and just, you know, get you pumped and ready, you know. I do have it on my workout playlist. See, it's doing something then. There's Again, a reason why you do. If this had been the first year or two after Casino came out, I've been like, eh, it's bottom five. But it, and it just, would it be because of the movie? Yeah. Again, I think it does get tied to the movie. You know, I've never been a huge fan of Casino. I like Casino a little more as time goes by. I like the song. I, the song is outpacing the movie to me, though. Every time I hear it, you know, I've got, like I said, I've got on the fitness playlist and it's definitely climbing the ladder for me boys delvin i know you got something to say no you love you some chris cornell yeah i do and i could easily see myself switching the order where i put skyfall and you know my name over time but right now with chris cornell having recently passed anyway as soon as i heard it i'm just like man he was so damn talented he could do ballads he could do this upbeat kind of rock song he could do just screaming song. The man just had an arena-ready voice. I think it was a brave choice for the Bond producers to pick Chris Cornell, even though at at this time he had come out with at least a couple of solo albums on his own and had just done the grunge stuff, but still, just a great job. And I love how at the end, what really made the song is, I mean, the, the lyrics were great throughout the song. And then at the end of it, he just lets loose in yeah. that Chris Cornell style. And it just made the song. So, Spin of the wheel! <laughs> Spin of the wheel! That's pretty good, Jason. <laughs> oh, man. I like, I did a good one. And then Jason immediately did a good one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought you were laying the first one. And then... <laughs> They were going for a more uh, separation or so, uh, you know, we're starting a new beginning here with Bond. Let's, and it's going to be more gritty, you know? Yeah. Bolder yeah. choice. And boy, did it mesh up with its credits. It did. I'll never forget that last shot of dun, 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 that where it just cuts down to like Craig's eyes. Boom. Yeah. Think about it too. Like how long had it been since Die Another Day? 
we had that gap between Die Another Day and then four years, I think. Four years, man. We've been waiting for a new Bond film. We get a new Bond, and that's the song. And I just remember that set me up. I'm ready to go. Show me what you got after that song. <laughs> and just even the title of the song, mm-hmm. like being that reintroduction, I'm like, you know my name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't have to get into this. You know yeah. who I am. Yeah, that's just, it's, it's just so brash and James Bond. It's just yeah. all the yeah. name of the song. Yeah. This one's going to continue to climb my roster. I can feel it. <laughs> it's just a good, good jam. Coming in at number seven, Jason. Mm. You get to talk a little bit about Paul McCartney and Wings and Live and Let Die. You know he does. You know he does. (laughs) (laughs) When you were young and your heart was an open book You used to say ever-changing world in which we live in makes you give in and cry say live and let die Looking at the scores, I, again, am the boat anchor. This is one that's hugely popular that I just never sunk my teeth into. I still like it. I gave it eight points. Jason gave it 22 points. Pat gave it 23 points. Delvin had it at 15 points. So I'm definitely the guy who drug it down a bit. Never been for me. I still like it. Jason talked about it. We're talking through these Bond songs. You can kind of put them in different categories. You kind of have your ballads. You're kind of loungy songs and then you've got your rockers and chris cornell was definitely in that category and of course paul mccartney and wings is in that category as well there was something about this song again grab me as a kid this is one of the very first bond movies i ever watched on television you know whatever it was abc night at the movies i think it was yeah sunday night at the movies (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so i watched this a lot as a kid i mean whenever it came on the movies this is one of the ones that was on an awful lot and i loved that song from the moment i heard it it just screams action it screams entertainment as paul mccartney <laughs> it's paul freaking mccartney uh, if you've listened to our six of the best episode on this they brought it to harry saltzman yeah with paul mccartney had done the demo and saltzman mm-hmm. listened to it and he was like this is pretty good who should we get to sing it yeah <laughs> and like, yeah. It's, it's paul mccartney paul mccartney <laughs> we don't shop yeah. around there's yeah. Someone well, like me. Harry Saltzman <laughs> also bought like 200 pairs of elephant shoes. You know? <laughs> yeah, he's a so, questionable so, decision maker. So sometimes it's decision making. Yeah, could be questionable. I don't know. It's just, I love that song. It's timeless. It's still a rocking song that I jam out to every time it plays. I think it might be a victim of its own success in my scoring because it just gets played a lot classic rock stations and it gets played a lot so uh, Mm -hmm. to me i think it's some of its novelty is worn off and i'm the kind of guy that likes my secret things i like my secret things oh this james bond song is a secret thing that only i know about and i can love and appreciate (laughs) and the world has this song and i'm like whatever world's got it's not cool anymore i I think i'm that guy (laughs) that is a fair point i mean because it is one of those songs that everybody knows 
and I think as James Bond fans, we'll talk about, you know, oh, Tom Jones and Thunderball, you know, that's probably a smaller niche audience, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? But I, Pat, you're right. I am that guy. The analogy there for comic books would be like Deadpool, like you're Deadpool is my secret thing. And I love Deadpool and, or Harley Quinn. I love Harley Quinn from the animated series. She's my secret thing. And then they blow up and the whole world knows about it. And I'm like, nah, they're not cool anymore. <laughs> I'm that guy. I am. And then, of course, Paul McCartney and the Beatles. I mean, someone might know him from Wings, but it's he will forever be Paul McCartney of the Beatles. And mm-hmm. so, Beatles plus James Bond, it, it almost does the insisting on itself thing that you have to like it. So, I did pay it some of that respect, but it was a catchy song mm-hmm. as well. And the lyrics, of course, you know, about you know, makes you give in and cry, live and let die as an alternative to live and let live. Was just a very clever lyric. I, I like that lyric. And the song just comes across as fun, but kind of risk taking, too. It didn't stay safe. It switched beats. It switched tempos in mid song. Mm-hmm. But it could be a mess, but somehow it wasn't. And maybe that just speaks to what a good musician Paul McCartney and Wings are. Fair point. Pat, you, you've got to have something to say. I know you love this song. You know, everything Jason was saying, I like it for two different reasons. One is because of Paul McCartney. Like I said, it's a song that was played a lot. But I also like it, too, is from the remake of Guns N' Roses, too. Oh, yeah. The, the Use Your Illusion album. Yeah, uh, that they did, right. and that pretty same basic cover of it too, and it still just brought that song back into play again. Good point. And they just did such a great version of it. I I can listen to both mm-hmm. and enjoy yeah. both versions of it. It's so good. And I got to give credit to it again for matching with its opening credits really well. Mm-hmm. And it hits those mm-hmm. bah, bah, and her face goes from face to skull. Yes, to like yeah. that's perfect. <laughs> perfect. Let's get into number six. We're going to talk about Sheena Easton for your eyes only. I scored at 14, Delvin scored at 14, but Pat and Jason had at 21 and 22, respectively. Mm. So we all liked it, but, but Pat and Jason were the big winners on this. Uh, Delvin, yep. talk to us a little bit about For Your Eyes Only. Don't you screw this up, Delvin. It's a pretty song, and it's not a song that I would skip over either, because it was just beautifully sung. I think mm-hmm. my biggest critique of it was it just didn't feel like a Bond song. No. I think you mentioned that during the For Your Eyes Only. I do like the song. It is very beautifully sung and powerfully sung, too. So it fits in that wheelhouse of songs that I like. And it is upper half for me. So uh, trust me. So not my favorite, but definitely still up there. Uh, Let's give it to people who can shower it in the praise it deserves. Let's go to Jason. I agree with you, Delvin. I think that the song is beautifully sung. I love the introduction. You know, how those notes as it... Do, 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 do. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, again, it's the hook. It grabs you. You have Sheena Easton, beautiful vocals. And to Delvin's point, not afraid to go for it during the song. And also, I'm a homer for Free Your Eyes Only, so it gets a little bump up. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is, one of, again, one of those songs that went above and beyond the movie. People know. People play it. And you're obviously, you know, you're going to slow dance to this one. So to Delvin's defense on that, I can see where, you know, it's more of a romantic-y kind of a song like that. So does it fit a Bond movie to have some sort of romancy kind of a theme? Maybe, eh, I, you know, you kind of want a little bit of a mix of something either hard pounding or, you know, that gets you kind of blood pumping. This one will always have a special place in my heart because this is the first time I ever called a radio station and requested a song. Recorded it on cassette. Mm-hmm. Big mm-hmm. times for me on that. Plus, yeah, Jason still listened to that cassette as he was going through these tracks. <laughs> That's how Jason listened to it <laughs> and he was preparing for this episode. And plus, to me, this will be always the closest we'll ever get to a Prince song because, you know, Prince and Sheena Easton Sheena, were yeah. a thing and they collaborated a lot. So this is like the closest I'll ever get to that i think oh a prince cover for your eyes i know i know (laughs) it's playing in my head right now you know a couple years down the road we're gonna discover he actually wrote that song you know (laughs) like like manic monday which i just found out a couple years ago that Mm -hmm. prince wrote manic monday okay guys it's time to get in the top five oh top five we've reached peak Bassy. Mm, I thought I was going to run the hat trick with Bassy. Mm, we have reached peak Bassy. We at number five. We have Goldfinger. which is definitely in my heart, but I'll talk about that in a second after I reveal the scores. Delvin liked the most with 23. I was right there with him with 22 points. Pat at 19. Jason with a surprising 13 points. (gasps) (gasps) He knew it too. He looks guilty, guilty, (laughs) guilty as hell. Now, Goldfinger will always have a special place in my heart because this is the first album I ever bought. You, are you over it yet, Del? <laughs> I know. I can't look oh, down oh, at it now. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> there we go. This was the first album I ever bought. Five-year-old Jared went to a flea market and spent his $1 on this LP. The Goldfinger LP is great from top to bottom, by the way. It's got some John Barry goodness in it. Mm-hmm. This song is an absolute belter. I love it. I mean, I went to a flea market. Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist at age 43, went to a flea market when he was five years old to drop a dollar on it. All my life work is coming together. My yard Was sale it even started. a dollar? I thought it was like a quarter or something. It may have been. I can't rightly remember. It was a dollar or less. I brought that sucker home and played it and played it and played it. So I adore Goldfinger. I'm really glad it made it to the top five. The ones above it are just great songs, too. So I think you could take any of these five and mix them up. That's just me. I'll just gush about it all day. Delvin, save me. Say something wonderful about Goldfinger. (laughs) Another mean look and a gasp. I scored it pretty high. I mean, (laughs) not in the top half. I'm, oh. 
I just need five minutes of like guttural sound. <laughs> I would okay. have to say, I think of all the non-instrumental stuff that Barry did, Goldfinger is probably, I would wager, the most recognizable James Bond song to the general public. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely. It's such an amazing song. And I remember when we talked about The Man with the Golden Gun, I remember saying how it was too on the nose. Goldfinger is on the nose, but it's Shirley Bassey. <laughs> and her, her style and how she is just describing this man of extravagance. And of course, this feeds into what Jason has also said about the movie, too. The fact that I find Goldfinger to be the top Bond movie for me, and then this song that goes along with it is just describing this larger-than-life character it absolutely makes it. And it, it would be great somehow if the movie were lesser, but that the movie was great. The song just becomes equally as great to me. So it, it was definitely an all-timer for me. Like, I think this was my number two song that I read. It was. Your two, my three. All right. Jason, do you have anything to say? I better not. <laughs> I'm gonna just sit here and be real quiet. Jason's suspiciously silent. It's 13 points. <laughs> Ooh, who's up? Pat? Pat's up. Pat's up, which is great because I was so excited to get Goldfinger. And number four is I know a favorite of our friend DJ Cristados is Duran Duran singing Ooh, A View to a Kill. It'd be higher. Number four, I gave it 18 points. Jason gave it 19 points. Double gave it 17 points. You had it at your number one song. The cock of the walk. 24 Ooh. points. We all scored it very strongly, and it ended up at number four. There's nothing to complain about, but you can still complain at your round. Go ahead. I just totally love this song. This When I think of a Bond song, besides the normal, you know, the James Bond theme, I always go to this song. Just the way it played out, Duran Duran singing it. The height and the time of the 80s when this came out. The movie was out in the summer. and Oh, man, just a, just a great song to listen to. I can listen to it all day. Yeah, this song owned the radio in 1985. It was on all the time. Yeah. This is another one that you and I bought. Yep, uh, on cassette. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, oh, boy, that's a great album, too. We went to, like, a Kmart. <laughs> I believe our, we with our grandmother, and she was like, oh, you can have up to X amount of dollars to get something. And we were like, James Bond cassette. We had to throw in. We had to we had to go in together <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to afford the cassette. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. All our money to for the cassette. So we were taking turns listening to the album. <laughs> that's a really good song, and... I wish it was higher. <laughs> I guess it's because we've been talking about, too, how it's hard to disassociate the song with the movie. This is one, I think, that really, like, picks that movie up, you know? Yeah, it does. It, gives it, a little more. <laughs> it does. It is a fun song. It's the reason why it is... Did Skyfall make it to number one on the chart? They have. 
become there's UK a charts for sure. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a reason that a view to the kill was the first. It, it is a memorable song. It's a fun song too. It's not yeah. one I'd skip. That's for dang sure. Mm-hmm. Well, it's top ten. I don't have to justify that. No, it's top five. <laughs> it's top four. Yeah, top ten for my personal as well. Oh right, I got you. Well, Jason, don't screw this up. Coming in at number three is my personal favorite James Bond song. I scored it 24 points. It is Gladys Knight singing License to Kill. I had it 24 points. Jason had 23 points. And my buddy Delvin also has it in first place with 24 points. You did the right thing, Williams. Yeah. So I think we know who the boat anchor is. On boat story. anchor here gave it eight <sighs> points. Eight points? What are we going to do with Pat at this point of the show? Uh, <laughs> give me two of the shirts. <laughs> Pat's like, I'll see you in hell. <laughs> Throw them to the sharks. Oh, <laughs> anyway, Jason, it's your go. 23 points from Jason's is number two song, the number one song for me and Delvin. And then Pat's got it number, I don't know, 40, something like that. I don't know. If I had to sum this song up into one word, it's power. From the opening notes to got a license to kill. You know, they're just like, <laughs> I mean, it is just raw power going through this this whole song. Sung to perfection. It does a really good job of, again, setting the hook for the movie. This movie is very unique in the Bond canon, as most folks know. And it needs a unique song to set the mood. This song does that. And it does it well. You know, it just gets better with age. I'll just leave it at that. I'll let one of you 24s (laughs) jump on board. Or maybe let Pat defend himself. No, Pat didn't get to talk. He didn't know. You got five Pat. seconds, Pat. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> I mean, I, I, that's enough. Uh, uh, he need no view to kill. <laughs> I'm going to give you a view to a kill. <laughs> you know, Jason summed it up in one word. I want to use my word for this. For years, has been underrated. I think a lot of people who listen to this episode are going to be like, I can't believe License to Kill is in the third spot. It's not well thought of in the Bond community, but it's well thought of here on Rogue Agents, except for Pat. One of the things I like best about it is that Gladys Knight, to be honest, was in the twilight of her career and stepped from the shadows and just nailed it. Nailed it. What more can you say? Delvin, 24 brother, help me out. She was recently on The Masked Singer, which if people don't know, it's a show where celebrities are dressing in elaborate costumes and you don't know who they are. The only thing that you can hear is their voice and this competition, blah, blah, blah. Gladys Knight was on there. Of course, you didn't know who she was and she's singing and probably about the second performance that she did, it was unmistakable that it was Gladys Knight because it is Gladys freaking Knight. 
And her voice is just that distinct that even hidden under some ridiculous costume, you know exactly who it is. And there are a handful of people that you can say that about on this entire planet who ever sung. That alone would get her very high ranking for me. And just, I don't know, just something about the way the song hit, how it fit in with the movie. Again, that was another movie of mine, License to Kill, got a seven from me the first time watching it. It fit with the movie, and it was a fantastic, powerful song, which I have said so much about complimentary, so I, I can stop now. But Gladys Knight just just an unmistakably beautiful voice. And the title, License to Kill. It's yeah. Undeniably James Bond song. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. I don't know. It, it was worded well to where I, I like that the song, it can double as a love song of sorts, but it absolutely was a James Bond song as well. It played that very well. It didn't go too sappy or overdone like, nearly everyone thinks about the Sam Smith song and it didn't undersell it either. For me, nailed the dismount. I guess. Pat, shut your mouth. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I actually am willing to listen to your point of view, Pat, if you have a defense you want to mount at this time. I don't. Okay. I would would take my beating. (laughs) I'm proud of it. Stand over here in the Goldfinger corner with me, Pat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the good news is there's going to be a lot of closer scores and agreement as we get to the final two. Delvin, you get the great honor, sir, to talk about the number two song, which is Monty Norman writing the James Bond theme Mm. as it appears on Dr. No. scores jared gave it 20 jason gave it 18 delvin gave it 21 and pat gave it 22 for the high score of all of us james bond theme performed very well interesting to note that the younger agents scored it higher than the older agents i think we might have been experiencing a little bit of we've heard it a million times (laughs) but i'm ready to hear it some more with this new bond movie (laughs) heck yes but delvin run with it talk about an identifiable classic <laughs> There's not much that needs to be said. When I was in- initially going to rate it, my thought was again, the James Bond theme and Honor Master Secret Service were going to be right in the middle. And that felt too low for the James Bond theme because if you're wondering what the heck you're going to think of when you think of James Bond, it's going to be his theme. Mm-hmm. And it's so memorable where it just speaks to his coolness and his style. And that element of danger, it's a wonderful thing that just somehow, without a word, tells you everything that you need to know about this decades-old character. Of course, it's so cool that you want to do alternate versions of the song, but that original one stands out still today, 55 years later. 
Mm-hmm. And that is amazing. You you don't have to do anything with it. Just press play and walk off. And everyone's like, oh, it's James Bond. Pat, say something nice about it. Redeem uh, yourself. I totally agree. It's, it's the iconic song for this series. You know, so when you hear it, you know what it is. Everybody knows what it is. There's no even no lyrics. You just know those notes. James Bond, Star Wars, mm-hmm. Rocky, Indiana Jones. Yep. These are songs. Superman. That will Jaws. Live. Yeah. Yeah, most of the ones we just named are by John Williams. <laughs> there, there's a reason why the man's good. Yeah, these are songs that are immediately recognizable. I'm really glad to see it rose all the way to number two. That's good stuff. So by process of elimination, dun, 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 dun. our number one song is definitely Miss Tina Turner singing Golden Eye. perfect song let's look at the scores here people jared has it at 23 points it's my number two song jason has it at 24 points it's his favorite song delvin has it at 22 points which means it's his number three song pat has it at 17 points which is my number low song (laughs) but congratulations the golden eye i mean it ended up being our number one film for rookie agents yeah. mm-hmm. and now it is our number one song for rogue agents and i don't think any one of us is going to argue with that except maybe pat oh no it, it, it's no view to a kill song but <laughs> <laughs> fair enough oh uh, i know it's song. it is a good song it, it is a great song and i know that this is technically my round but i, I want to hear somebody else gush about it jason gush and then pass the gushiness over to delvin and i'll just sit here and get bad at me look Okay, so year's 1995. It's been six years, six freaking years since we've seen a James Bond film. I'm going into the theater. I see one of the greatest pre-title sequences ever put together. Mm -hmm. That's right, that's right. I'm like, oh my God, what did I just see? And then you hit with those bars. Boom, 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 boom. And Tina Turner just blows you away with that song. I was so into this film at that time. If the theater had caught on fire, I'd be just like, just, <laughs> all right, y'all go, y'all go. Give me a hose. I need a hose. <laughs> <laughs> put a hose on the screen. Put a hose on me. I need to see how this plays out. But, oh, man, I love that song. Every time I hear it, it brings me back to that moment. So mm-hmm. a little sentimentality in there, oh, but yeah. Tina freaking Turner. The Man. moment that James Bond came back. Yes. Yes. Mm. And yeah, I'm just going to end it there, pass it to Delvin. First of all, very well said, Jason. I love that. I love hearing that perspective of being in the theater when it came out, having been starved of James Bond for six mm. years and coming back to that opening, which was an awesome opening with a new Bond who was tailor-made for the role. And then you have Tina Turner, and, and I, I can't wait to hear six of the best for Goldeneye. 
whenever that comes out, because I would love to know the circumstances behind her. Was she the first pick for the song or not? Because if she wasn't, she certainly performed like she was because that song was fire. <laughs> hot popping. That's, yeah. the, look, that's <laughs> the look you want right there. The song is everything about Bond that we know as a character. It's, it's cool. It's seductive. The song itself is talking about love lost, but he's just a character that you have to love even if it hurts you to do so. Just wonderful song. And of course, Tina Turner throughout the song, just with her, that power in her voice, just was beautiful. And then at the end, she just goes for that note and hits it just, oh, man. yeah, beauty of a song. I put License to Kill as my number one. I felt I had to. But if I put Goldeneye as my number one, I wouldn't have been mad at it. Not at all. Not at all. At, at all. Yeah. Because the way that I personally feel, if I'm listening, pressed for time and want to listen to Bond songs, you can't pick two better, in my opinion, in a row than License to Kill and Goldeneye. Uh, and then, if you're doing, and then Goldfinger. <laughs> if you're doing three, by the way, um, there is... Uh, Nothing wrong with a view to a kill added to that because that just <laughs> well, the living daylights is, goes in between them. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, living daylights and a view to no, uh, not a I'm sorry, view to a kill, living daylights, <laughs> license to kill. The oh, same my. top five. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> Jared, go ahead. I've said enough. The song is beautiful. There's a reason it's number one beautiful, powerful. Wonderful. You guys yeah. said it all. Just yeah. personally, I've told this tale a couple of places, but this is the last time that I heard the song before going to see it at the theater. I successfully avoided every other song before seeing the theater, to include the current No Time to Die, as I mentioned earlier. It's funny how it, it, it was harder than easier than harder to do that. And I'll explain that. Tina Turner's Golden Eye came out in 1994. Five, so there wasn't any internet, so it was easier to avoid, but it was harder to avoid because everybody my age, freshman year of college, watched MTV. <laughs> and this was on like every hour. And like I'd be at Johanna's place because we've been together that long. Uh, I'd be at Johanna's place watching her do dishes or something. And then the <laughs> song would come on and I'd be like, shh, shh, shut up, shut up, Mothong's on. <laughs> So this was the last time that I was fully exposed to it and just what a great song. After that, I kind of faded out of MTV by 97, which was the Sheryl Crow. And from then on, it got easier. But then as the Internet came along, it got harder <laughs> to avoid the songs. But man, I tell you what, I'm really glad this was the last one to do that. And just want to fully agree with Jason. Bond was back. It had been six years it goes from the great pre-credits explosion. He's flying away. You're feeling good about Bond. And then it ends right into him speeding down the highway in an Aston Martin DB5. I mean, don't get carried away. But, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? From that hot action right into more action. Just like, yeah. you know, perfect, perfect, perfect. It's the reason it's number one. Anyone Pat, you want to drag it down? Yeah, Pat, why don't you screw it up for everybody? <laughs> no, you know. Like I said, I haven't really listened to all these songs as much as you guys have. So I would assume that if I had, my ratings may be a little bit different. You know, of course, View to a Kill is going to be high for me because 
I would hear that song so much. And when I was a kid, I'd hear it a lot. So a lot of that is nostalgia for me. Sure. So no, the, the more you hear a song, true. the more, like you, Jason, you're waiting for it, you know, and so you would hear it and just yeah, understandable. I get where you're coming from. I've listened to these songs all my life. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've listened to all these. So, so yeah, I kind of do have a personal attachment to that's, a lot of these. Again, that's kind of different, too. And I know we've mentioned it when we went through the films is Delvin and I, we haven't had to wait. This is the longest we've had to wait now for a Bond film. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah. 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 Sorry about that. Now that they've changed the, you know, No Time to Die, and they extended that out. So it's like, now I'm like, like, ah, we would have been seeing this movie already. Yeah, we would have been getting ready. We'd be getting ready. Going to come out the weekend of my birthday. I was really looking forward to it. I was freaking amped. I I was taking the day off. I was taking the day off and buy like three tickets. Just boom, boom, boom. Go see it like three times. Episode two of Rogue Agents would have more than likely been No Time to Die review. Yeah. yeah. It would like be about episode six or so. <laughs> six or so, <laughs> seven, something like that. I'm looking forward to it. It, yeah. it should be a really good movie. And I know that the younger agents think more of daniel craig overall than the senior agents he's a four (laughs) (laughs) they made a very good effort to make this bond realistic not that pierce brosnan's what well he he went a little bit off into the ridiculous with die another day and stuff yeah he went off into roger moore land a little bit yeah a little bit and they have not ever taken Daniel Craig in that direction. They have made those fights intentionally just brutal. And, mm-hmm. yeah, and, I, and I do like those fights. And ugly and intense like a fight would be. And he gets beat up. Yeah, he gets beat up. To help you out, Jared, because I know it's in your head, they made reference to it with Timothy Dalton and where Timothy Dalton's shirt was off and his back is all scarred up from... God knows how many fights in the alley. Got like and, a bullet scar in his shoulder. And yeah, his body is telling the story of a war. And Daniel Craig is very similar in how his bond is. And I, and I like that. I like that grittiness about him. So we're, we're in a good time for Bond. I, I wish that the movie wouldn't have been delayed like it would have been. But I'm so excited to see it. And I'm also excited to see who they are going to have as the next Bond because they've been very tight-lipped about it. I bet that decision's already made. Mm. I'm He's not, then they're very, very close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From a senior agent's perspective, even though the last three Bond movies haven't been my favorite, I really love Casino Royale. And I am pulling hard for Daniel Craig to walk away at the top of the heap with this yes, movie. I am too. I'm not the uh, biggest Craig guy, but I want to see him go out on a high note. Yeah, I mean, he's deserved it. And I just know from everything that I've read and seen that he's pouring his heart and soul into this. So, you know, he's going to leave it all on the field with this one. And I'm just excited to see it. Yeah, I will say he's got the best fight scenes. I would have loved to see Timmy D fight Necros at the end of Living Daylight. Oh, to yeah. The tune of Daniel oh, Craig. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was an okay fight, but it should have been a great one. Yeah, man. I, I would have to say, and we're doing a whole other show right now, but I would have to say <laughs> the best. Bonus. The best. We're going fight. rogue on our rogue We're going show. rogue on rogue agents. I'd say the best fight out of the Craig realm might be Connery on the train fighting Red Grant in the second James Bond movie. That oh, might the, be the best see Daniel Craig do that? Or is that I'm just saying outside of the Craig fights, I think the best <clears throat> fight is the train fight from, from Russia with Love. I remember you guys talking it up way long ago. 
when it came and they set it up so well with the build up with Red being a spy who was just sitting in the background doing his sabotage thing. Bond didn't know that he was just gumming up the works at every point. And finally, that fight happened, and it was just so personal. Like, ooh. Yeah, and again, just how he died. He died by freaking just garroting him. Just like, oh. <laughs> With his own garrot. Yeah. Hoist yeah. <laughs> on your own petard. <laughs> yeah, what an ugly personal way to go out. Yeah, that was a heck of a fight. I just well, remembered. let me throw this one, though. And oh, you might be doing the, the one I just remembered. What about uh, 007 versus yeah. 009? Yeah, Goldeneye. I was just thinking the Gold Knight fight was dope, too. Yeah, that man. was really good. good and he was, like, throwing chains at his boy. And, <laughs> else, man. and, and Green 4. Green 4. Green four. Oh, Green 4. <laughs> That's definitely one of the top five fights in the Bond franchise, and Bond isn't even in it. He's <laughs> not even scrapping in it. Bond's in the other room. Here's to you, Green 4. I got this. Got this. Uh, so that's a little bonus content from, from Rogue Agents. But let's just circle back and give our congratulations to Tina Turner. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Goldeneye for being the number one song for the aggregated ratings of Rogue Agents on our premiere episode. I want to thank everybody for listening. If you like this crew and you want to hear more from us in the realm of comic books and other pop culture-ness, check out the Longbox Crusade. Pat, where can they find that? Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. You can find the Longbox Crusade on the Twitter, on Facebook, and Instagram at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Jared. And if you'd like to chat with us personally, I can be found at Yard Sale Artists. That's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. What about you, Delvin? You can find me on Twitter at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y-1-9. Jason? You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or at Jason Albrick on Facebook or Instagram. Pat? Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Back to you, Jared. Thank you, DJ Christatos. And that's it for this episode of Rogue Agents. What's going to be on the next episode? We're not telling you. And you know why? Jason, tell them why. So we have no idea. <laughs> We're going rogue! <laughs> Thank you, Pat. We're going rogue! <laughs> oh, I wasn't supposed to tell the truth. <laughs> We're like Danny Craig. We're going rogue. Mm-hmm. We'll catch you guys next time. James Bond will return. We're going to be told to do one thing, and we're going to do something else. <laughs> <laughs> the tears, the tears are proud. But now my time has come. In the crowd Other girls They gather around him If I had him I wouldn't let him out Golden eye Not lace or leather Golden chain Taken to the spot Golden eye I'll show him forever It'll take forever To see what I Shadows as a child You never know How it feels To get so close And be denied It's a gold And honey trap I got For you tonight Revenge It's 
was with Am in Tokyo, we had an interesting experience. Outtakes. Thank you, Miss Moneypenny. That's all. That's all. Woo. The biscuit was my uh, code name during rookie agents. <laughs> code name went biscuit. <laughs> That's what they called me, you know, back hanging out at the uh, the barracks. What was hanging out? My <laughs> biscuit. All right. As if you do, you're so vain. <laughs> probably think this song is about you. you. Yeah, you're so vain. <laughs> I don't think that was Rita Carlos. That's Carl Simon. We can edit that in post. Don't it's a good you? outtake. Don't you? <laughs> so I Yeah, think- she she was going in to take a dump and he was like, here, take this recorder. <laughs> I'm not making it to the good. Ridiculous. Pat, you sound like you were going to say something? Mm, nope. nope. He didn't listen to any of these songs. He's prepared at all. <laughs> okay. And I probably just jumped over somebody, but never mind. It was me, but that's okay. I like those <laughs> Jason's done it to you once or twice. <laughs> yeah, I do it to you all the time. Turnabout's fair play. My elbow Junk in our coconuts. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you mean coconuts in your junk? Oh yeah, hey, you know coconuts, <laughs> junk, whatever. <laughs> Either you're on the boat or you're off the boat. Either coconuts on your junk or you're junk in some coconuts. <laughs> oh Lord, okay, I'll come. We'll come back from that. My coconuts hairy. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's limp, limp biscuit. Got a limp biscuit coconut. <laughs> I think you're talking about genitalia. I think that's what's happening here. What? No. That's how it's a family show, Jared. Come back from the Patreon list and band like, and we thank you for your support. This is about genitalia. (laughs) 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 He's not ashamed that that vent wasn't open. (laughs) Not going to be open this year. I'm welding that mother. Shot. <laughs> Put some heat lamps in the corners. <laughs> heat lamps. <laughs>